What's up, everybody? Welcome into another edition of the Big Ten Buzz Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Sager. It's Wednesday morning. Sorry it took a while to get to the recap of the weekend. Crazy week so far this week. But here we are. It's Wednesday morning. I'm going to run through my first set of Big Ten rankings now that we've seen some teams play each other and, and we're getting going. So I'll come up with that every week, a new edition of the rankings and where teams rank uh, inside the conference. Also want to let everybody know that Believe, which obviously is we are a part of the Believe Network, uh, does a Big Ten or not a Big Ten, a top 25, top 10, excuse me. They do a top 10 college football teams after each week and I've been invited to enjoy uh, join that and I will be putting in my votes each week for the top 10 teams in the country and uh we will come out with it every Wednesday or not every Wednesday I'm all screwed up today it's it's Wednesday it's late I feel like I'm running behind because the, the show you know is so far behind this week because of a crazy week so far but they will come out every Sunday, uh, and you can see uh, there's about 10 of us or so from Believe that follow college football very closely, and we will be putting in our votes. They'll do the calculations, and boom, we'll have our top 10 of college football as we go on. Um some interesting games. Let's start at the top. Ohio State trounces Michigan State just like we thought they would. Uh, Ohio State did whatever they wanted on offense uh, to start this game besides one play. Um, someone kind of described it perfectly. There was like a glitch in the system where C.J. Stroud just kind of threw the ball, and nobody was there except for a Michigan State defender who picked it off and ran it in for a touchdown. Um other than that, Michi- or Ohio State scored on Michigan State a touchdown every single possession um, up until, I want to say, the middle of the third quarter or so. It was a complete beatdown by the Buckeyes. And, <clears throat> excuse me, I mean, C.J. Stroud, 21-26, 361, six touchdowns, one interception. He's vaulted himself, in my opinion, into the lead for – uh, the Heisman Trophy, and he's just playing outstanding football. They're six and zero. They have moved up to number two in the AP rankings. We're, I feel like we're seeing a lot of movement at the top of these rankings, where you know Alabama struggled, almost lost to Texas A and M on a last second play, and now they did have their backup quarterback. I feel like we're just seeing a lot of movement. We saw Georgia fall. We saw Ohio State jump. We saw now we've seen Michigan fall a spot with with Clemson jumping them. I just I don't understand all the movement. I, I know it's the AP poll and it does not matter. The AP poll does not matter one bit. It's just for fodder. It's just for us to talk about. But it's interesting. We're seeing a, lo- a lot of movement in the top five, top ten um, teams moving around. Uh, as I said, Ohio State now sits at number two in the country. Uh, as Alabama falls to three, Clemson jumps to four, Michigan falls to five. Uh, I'll get to the Michigan game in just a second, but back to this Ohio State game, it was it was kind of just Ohio State doing whatever they wanted. Travion Henderson, 118 yards on the ground and a touchdown. Uh, 
I mean, I, I don't know. Like, Buka had another big game. He's really stepped up in the absence of Jackson Smith Najigba. That's great. They're doing this without him. They got Julian Fleming back. Uh, he had 81 yards and a touchdown. Marvin Harrison Jr., seven catches, 131, three touchdowns with an incredible catch at the goal line where he kind of jumped up and, and came back to the ball. And it, it was it was a really incredible catch and shows why he's one of the top receivers in the country um, at this moment. You know, honestly, if not the best uh, wide receiver in the country, he's just not draft eligible. That's the problem. He's only a sophomore. So um, this Ohio State offense is cooking. They are cooking, and, you know, it, it's just been it's been easy for Ohio State, and, and that's what Ohio State looks like year in, year out. Everything just looks easy. Uh, I mean, in reality, when you look at things, Everybody wants to talk about Michigan's schedule, and I know I'm a Michigan fan. Listen, the Notre Dame, yes, I know they just beat BYU, but that Notre Dame, Notre Dame team that they played in week one was bad. That's not like a, oh, my God, I know they were ranked five. Preseason rankings don't matter. We're learning that. Teams are falling out like crazy. Hell, Illinois is ranked. Kansas is ranked. Congrats to the Illini for finally being ranked after – so many years uh they might have been the longest i think it was kansas and then kansas got ranked last week and now here come the Illini back in to the rankings uh i believe they're sit at 24 so congrats to the Illini. brett bielema has them playing great football as they beat iowa we'll get to that in just a second but back to ohio state's schedule Notre Dame wasn't a good team they're not a good team Arkansas State, nothing. Toledo, nothing. Wisconsin, they're a bad football team this year. Rutgers, not good. Michigan State, they're a bad football team this year. So I know everybody likes to say, oh, Michigan's Michigan's schedule, Michigan's schedule. I would put Maryland up against Notre Dame. Iowa's better than any of the other. Iowa might be the best team. I mean, I, I think Iowa's better than Wisconsin. I think Iowa's better than Michigan State. I know they don't have the offense, but their defense is really good. I just don't think Notre Dame's not this great win. So when people talk about schedules and stuff like that, I mean, we all know there's two games on Michigan's schedule and there's two games on Ohio State's schedule that everybody's looking at. One of them happens to be this weekend with Michigan at Penn State. And then we have Penn State versus Ohio State. And then we have Michigan versus Ohio State. Those three games will decide everything in the Big Ten. Because whoever comes out of that is going to Indianapolis to face maybe the Illini. Maybe Minnesota. Uh, I think it's those two teams. Maybe Iowa can sneak back in if some of the other teams lose. Looking at the Michigan win, they beat Indiana 31 to 10. Now that <coughs> score doesn't tell the whole story. This was 10-10 at halftime. Michigan played their worst half of football this year in the first half. And it's just because they weren't finishing. Some some careless mistakes, uh, some penalties, the referees in this game, both ways. We saw it on both teams. I lean a little more as worse for Michigan. Um, but 
you know, one of Indiana's scores was um, helped by a phantom uh, personal unsportsmanlike conduct penalty on Jalen Harrell for, you know, he did the thing, the new thing we see all the time where you, you sniff your fingers and, and that got him a, a unsportsmanlike conduct, which the only thing I can think, because we see it all over college football. We see it when wide receivers do it. They do the sniff and the point. The only thing I can think is the ref thought it was a throat slash, which then we also saw in another game that didn't get called. So, I mean, I mean it's just – it was a joke. Um, that led to – that was on third down, third and long. Uh, sack would have forced a punt. They get the automatic first down, go down and score. Uh, so, this was uh, – but the big deal here to me, it felt like Michigan's offense was holding back. And you know what? Maybe they were because they were playing Indiana. The other big thing that happened in this game, and, and prayers to him, and, and everything seems to be going in the right direction, so that's a great thing. Michigan coach, running backs coach Mike Hart collapsed on the sidelines, reportedly had a seizure um, in front of his team, in front of his running backs, in front of the, the, the fellow coaches, in front of everybody. That's not something you just get over when you see something like that, especially when you're 18 to 22-year-old kids, 23-year-old kids. I mean, that's tough. You saw Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards and and um, Isaiah Gash and, and C.J. Stokes. They were all, you know, standing together, and you could see the emotion. Like, it looked like Donovan Edwards was crying. So you saw the emotion coming from these guys. and And maybe it took them a second to get back going. That's that's very possible. And if you say, oh, well, this is football. No, this is, that's real life. What they just witnessed. Someone who's very important to them, someone who's a father figure type to them, someone they talk to every single day. Go down and have a seizure right there in front of them. like that's that's tough for kids. And, you know give credit to Indiana, you know, for helping so fast, getting him to the hospital. He coached at Indiana. Um, PJ Fleck came out, you know, in his press conference on Monday, I believe it was, or Sunday. I, I can't remember which one and opened it up talking about him. He had Mike Hart on his staff um, when Mike Hart just began coaching. So, and you saw the respect from all over the country, all kinds of coaches talking about Mike Hart and you can see the kind of respect he has from everybody around the country. He will be a head coach um, at some point, I think. That's that's the, the direction he's heading. Great recruiter, great mind, uh, knows how to get the most out of his kids. I think he will be a head coach sooner rather than later. But the big thing was early in the game, Michigan's defense was struggling with Indiana's pace. Indiana came out. No huddle, no huddle, no huddle. Keep going. Pace, pace, pace. And, and it, it gave Michigan some fits. Michigan got to the half. There was a blocked field goal by Indiana. Then there was a blocked field goal by Michigan. And we went to half. Things were, you know, uh, it was tense for Michigan people, you know, talking about how the offense was being held back and all this stuff. Well, then they came out and opened it up 21 nothing in the second half. And did exactly what they needed to. Blake Corum did what Blake Corum does. 25 carries, 124 yards, five uh, 
yards per carry and a touchdown. Now that doesn't even tell the whole story. His first carry of the game somehow squeezed under three or four defenders. He had a 50 yard gain down to the one and then the next one, uh, one yard touchdown. Um, so in the first two plays, he had scored his touchdown. They bottled him up until the late in the game where that's where Blake Corum has that ability to just wear on a defense and started busting some little bit longer runs, had a 15 yarder, uh, a couple others like that, that, that got his total up there. I mean, Donovan Edwards only rushed the ball seven times for 15 yards. So Indiana's plan was stop the run, and they did that fairly well throughout the game. But J.J. McCarthy also stepped up. He threw his first interception of the season in the end zone on a brilliant play by the linebacker to undercut, tip the ball up to a an Indiana defender in the end zone. And I thought the throw was good. I didn't have a problem with the throw. He tried to rip it in there to Ronnie Bell. And that was a learning moment for J.J. McCarthy. And he came back through two touchdowns to Cornelius Johnson, also had one to Luke Schoonmaker. He ended up going 28-36 of for 304, three touchdowns and an interception. And the interception, like I said, was a good ball. That was just a good play made on the ball. So another really solid, really good game for J.J. McCarthy. You tell me he's giving you those stats every game? Almost every team in the country is going to take that. Uh, Ronnie Bell had a big game, 11 catches, 121 yards. Uh, Schoonmaker, who I mentioned, had 67 yards. Cornelius Johnson, 58 yards with the two scores. and, and there was some whispers that, yeah, Michigan was holding back a little bit because they do play Penn State this week. They weren't showing everything in terms of offensively. Uh, and then defensively, Michigan made the adjustments at half. Jesse Minter, the defensive coordinator, made the adjustments, and that's when Michigan started pinning their ears back a bit more and getting after the quarterback. Yabi Oki is one of their best players. Dude's only been on ca- campus for two months. He got there right before the season started, and he's been awesome. Had another sack in this game. Uh, I believe they had seven, yeah, seven sacks total. Ten tackles for loss. I mean, I just thought this defense really flew around in the second half, and 31-10, give up ten points when you really struggled with pace in the first half. Your defense did what they needed to do to get through this game. And in the second half, they showed their dominance. So really impressed with with the Michigan defense, the way they responded. And the same thing for the offense, how they responded in the second half. This was a tough game in Bloomington. I'm not saying Indiana's good. Indiana's not bad. They're not good. I have them lower in the, in the rankings. We'll get to in just a little bit. But Michigan did what they needed to do. Uh, looking around. I mentioned uh, Illinois beats Iowa nine to six. I, it's just Iowa's way. I, I don't. I don't know what else to say. It's just Iowa's way. It was a defensive struggle, and <clears throat> I, I was Illinois lost Tommy DeVito in the game. That's tough. They bring in Sitkowski, who's uh, I believe a transfer from Rutgers. 
He played fine. I mean, not really great. But the, their main guy is is Chase Brown. He's been awesome. 146 yards on the ground, over 31 carries, so he's a bell cow. And then the defense just held up. Spencer Petrus is just not a good quarterback. I can't believe he's still playing for Iowa. 18 of 36 for 170, no touchdowns, one pick. They didn't run the ball at all, 1.7 yards per carry. This is just Iowa. They play defense, and they hope it's enough. And against another really solid team in Illinois, who, like I mentioned, is now ranked 24th, it's not enough. Illinois is now 5-1, and 2-1 and one in the conference. In, in reality, they should be 6-0. and oh. They should be 6-0. and oh. They lost to Indiana early in the season. Tough. You cannot do that, but they did. And now we kind of just have to, you know, wait and see what happens this weekend as they face off against Minnesota, who Minnesota's trying to get Mo Abraham healthy. And it's it's uh it's a big game this week for the Big Ten West. I mean that that could really decide a lot of things now that Illinois beat Iowa. Minnesota still has to play Iowa, and I like where things are heading. Uh, just running through some other scores, Wisconsin beat down Northwestern, uh, forty-two to seven. Graham Mertz played very well against a bad Northwestern team. Uh, five touchdowns, two hundred ninety-nine yards. Raylan Allen had a good game. <clears throat> Wisconsin showed up. They went to Evanston and won the game. That's what you have to do against bad teams. A fun game was Purdue versus Maryland, uh, 31-29. I thought Maryland was going to win this game, but they fall. Uh, Purdue, Aiden O'Connell played well, 360 yards, two touchdowns, one pick. Uh, They did not run the ball at all. Now remember, sacks, count his runs and all that stuff, but 13 yards on 34 carries. So that's uh that's really rough. Um, even the guys their leading rusher, thirteen carries for twenty six yards. Uh, Durham and Rice showed up for Purdue. I think um, that passing game starting to figure it out a little bit as they get a little more comfortable with each other, and, and I think there's more to that. Purdue has impressed me. I, I did not think they were going to be that good, and they have impressed me. Uh, Maryland, I just I thought they would. You know, they've been good. They've been solid. Uh, I just thought this was a game that they'd win, and and they didn't show up running the ball under three yards of carry. And Tonga Vailola played good, 315 yards, passing three touchdowns, one pick. Played pretty well, but wasn't good enough. Wasn't good enough. Purdue outscored them by two in the fourth quarter, and that was the difference. Uh, looking at elsewhere, I think there's only no. That's it. That's oh no. We had the Friday night Nebraska beat Rutgers fourteen thirteen. Who cares? Um, and then real quick, I will end the show. Uh, Friday, <clears throat> I'm going to do the uh, preview show because we got big games. Um, I'm, I'm going to try and have a guest to come on and preview these games, and and talk about. Michigan, Penn State, talk about uh, Illinois, Minnesota, talk about um, what's coming up this weekend for the Big Ten and, and what a win for Penn State means, what a win for Michigan means, what a win for Illinois means, what a win for Minnesota means, 
we'll kind of run through all those scenarios uh, when we look at it. But going from 14 to 1 in the Big Ten, I have Northwestern at 14. They're clearly the worst team in the conference. Uh, I have Rutgers at 13. I have Michigan State at 12, just the most disappointing team maybe in America. Um, they've just been awful. You give Mel Tucker that big contract, has the good year, and then comes back with this. Just absolutely brutal. Indiana, I have at 11. Nebraska at 10. I have Wisconsin at 9, another disappointing team. Iowa, disappointing team at 8. Maryland at 7. Purdue at 6. Illinois at 5. Minnesota at 4. So we'll see a 4 versus 5 in my opinion. That's how I have them ranked. Um, if you told me that Illinois was ahead of Minnesota, fine. I, I, I'm not going to argue that. Right now, I I want to see Illinois beat Minnesota to put them ahead. Um, could I have put Illinois four? Of course. Of course. Illinois could jump to three, depending on how things go this week. And they beat Minnesota and Michigan if they beat up Penn State. Illinois could definitely jump to three. Uh, I got to see that offense show up. I know, I know Illinois' defense is very solid. Can they stop Ibrahim? Can they stop? Uh, that offense from scoring points, that's going to be the big thing. And then they have to score themselves. Uh, so I have Minnesota four. I have Penn State at three. I have Michigan uh, Michigan at two. And I have Ohio State at one. Like I said, these things are all going to figure themselves out. But I'll come out with this each week, uh, give you my rankings of the Big Ten. The bottom, probably not going to change. Northwestern's probably going to stay there. I think that um, we could see some real movement uh, when we look at what's coming up this weekend. You know, just to give you a quick rundown of games this weekend. Of course, I said Penn State, Michigan, it's the Fox big noon kickoff. Uh, right now, it's Michigan minus seven. Fox has basically just been following Michigan around, rightfully so. They're bringing in huge, huge numbers when it comes to viewers. So, why wouldn't you? Then we got also at 11 o'clock, Minnesota at Illinois. Right now, Minnesota is a six-and-a-half-point favorite. Um, that seems a little high to me. I thought would have thought more in the three-and-a-half to four-and-a-half range. Maryland at Indiana. That's a game Maryland should handle. They're 11-point favorite. Wisconsin travels to East Lansing. They're over a touchdown favorite in East Lansing. And this is when Wisconsin is down. That tells you how bad things are for Michigan State right now. And then Nebraska travels to Purdue, where Purdue's a two-touchdown favorite. There's Ohio State and some others are on a bye this week. This is a huge game for the national landscape when we talk about Michigan-Penn State. And the game's at the big house. and be in front of 113,000 or whatever it is in a maze out. It's going to be fun. This has national implications. If Michigan come out and blow out Penn State like we've seen recently, they could jump to the top three. So we're figuring things out here. It's going to be a fun weekend of Big Ten football led by the two main games, Penn State at Michigan, Minnesota at Illinois. All right, we will, like I said, we will – uh, come back on Friday, Thursday, maybe tomorrow or Friday. I will try and find a guest to get someone in here and talk about these games and what wins 
and losses for both teams meet. Uh, and that'll be it. So this has been another edition of the Big Ten Buzz Podcast right here on the Believe Network. You can go to Believe.com. You can find the show there. You can go to Spotify, iHeart, Apple Podcasts. Uh, I need to learn more podcast things because those are the three that I mainly use and I know a lot of people use. So um, go find it, subscribe, and like the show, and hit me up on Twitter at Adam G. Sager. You can also follow me on TikTok at Adam G. Sager, where you can find clips of this show, the Sean Salisbury show, which I also do for Believe. And uh, again, keep an eye out for the national top 10 when it comes to college football for the Believe Network. I will be a part of that voting as well. All right, guys, we will talk to you later this week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.